0: This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. 1212, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. i go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Uh, thank you all for listening. We're sponsored by Moe Better Soul Clothing. Go to MobetterSoul.bigcartel.com. Enter code NEGRO. Save 10% on your next order. Uh, this is a nice little introduction that I'm giving this episode. Shout out to the homie Tobias for the last episode of the Negro League. This week, we talked to... Danita Hathaway, the youngest daughter of the amazing Donnie Hathaway, and um, we get into a bunch of really, really cool stuff, and um, we touched on a little bit of everything that you guys are going to find out. I'm not going to talk your head off because this is a really lengthy conversation. It turned out to me just wanting to listen to her celebrity stories, so really excited to have her on there. also, we have the next edition of the Mobeda Soul Love Sessions going on in Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to be bringing singer and songwriter Laura Reed, who's amazing. We also have Andy Woodward, who is also a member of Toro et Moi, doing a DJ set. So if you guys want tickets for that in the Columbia, South Carolina area, go to MobedaSoul.BigCartel.com to get your tickets. And um, without further ado, we're going to get into this episode of the Negro League Podcast. Shout out to my girl, Danita Hathaway. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next motherfucking order. Motherfucker. Uh, it's been about a week and a half or so since the last episode. Um, I'm excited we have a guest uh, that is a dear friend of mine, but we got to do it over the phone because I ain't in Atlanta right now. Uh, show you love mm-hmm. for the homie, Danita Hathaway. How are you doing?
1: Yay! <laughs> Yay! Hey! Hey! <laughs> so, what up? What up? What up?
0: What's going on? So what you been? What you been up to? I've, I, I know you've been busy. Have you Have been to some concerts and stuff like that recently? Tell me the last few yeah. show experiences you've attended recently.
1: Yes. Well, I could start as recent as uh, four or five days ago, Mm -hmm. literally right across the street from where I am. I saw my favorite band. They literally have changed my life. And that is Snarky Puppy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I saw the Pups. And then before that, I damn near got a heat stroke, uh, maybe two blocks from where I am right now, which is Centennial Park. And that was for one music fest.
0: Oh yeah. Who who headlined it this year?
1: Um, the last show, which I actually missed, um, is a DJ who I am not familiar with. I don't even remember his name. But Pharrell and Usher were the special guests. Wow. But like Wu Tang had, I think one night, um, I don't even know who was the first night, but the main person who I said, okay, I'm going to spend my money and then everybody else is a bonus, Mm -hmm. is Raphael Sadiq.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about the new album?
1: Um, It's taken me a minute.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'll be honest, because um, I respected him, but I wasn't the biggest fan. I got you. I was more so a mid conditioned Stokely fan in terms of guys with that voice, if I had to choose between the two. Mm -hmm. like. I think anyone who knows me knows that I am in love with that, with Stokely. I'm in love with that man. (laughs) Um, So it was like, Raphael Sadiq, like, that's competition. Like, I can't do it. But I had to, I mean, he's just dope. Raphael is is just dope. So I said, you know what? I'm going to finally give in, and I would love to experience him live. And so when the album came out, I knew it was based on his brother, Mm -hmm. who definitely was going through some uh, issues. And I was looking forward to that sound that he's really cultivated over the past few albums and has really mastered. Yeah. And it's there. It took maybe my second or third listen for me to get it. I had to make sure I listened with my good headphones
2: <laughs> so I could
1: hear everything. Um, but that first listen, I was kind of like, eh. Like, if I had never heard that album again, I would be fine. Mm, okay. And that, that didn't sit well with me. Like, no, but I trust you. <laughs> like, Raphael, I trust you. And so I'm, I'm glad I stuck with it because it's, it's growing on me.
0: Did it, did it sound differently hearing it live? Oh yeah. Okay, because well, that's usually, that's usually the thing that happens, and that's the, oh, yeah. that's the thing with like a lot of hip hop stuff, is that a lot of hip hop artists, and I wouldn't say a lot, but like I was watching some footage, um, this rapper named The Baby that's out of Charlotte, who's like the biggest thing right now, and uh, he had a show here, and it was Meg The Stallion and Jeezy or whatever, and I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Footage of Meg the Stallion and the Baby perform and they rapping over their fucking song. Like I'm not talking about, you know, the ad-libs. I'm talking about they're Mm -hmm. literally rapping over the actual song. And Mm -hmm. and and the crowd is cool with it. And and I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow, like that's something about hip-hop where, you know, maybe the excitement for a lot of these like rap acts is the fact you see them live, but not hearing them live. And that's why like other genres of music, like when I hear I love to hear a group that I've never heard before live and become a fan of them as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to hear their record first. So so I, I would think that Raphael Sadiq would do that with this new project too. Like I heard it one time. It wasn't mm-hmm. it, it wasn't bad. It was just something that I have to be in a certain headspace to hear it. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: So, yeah.
0: So instant vintage is always my shit though.
1: Yes. Yo.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: or Lucy Pearl or or like any of those albums, really. I mean, I'm thinking, um,
0: would Raphael Sadiq be kind of one of the first people to kind of, you know, I was having this conversation the other day about Raphael Sadiq and Guru from Gangstar, where like that Taz mm-hmm. album, was that like the first time we were introduced to something that, that later became called Neil's Soul? You know, was was Raphael Sadiq, you know, I'm not too sure, but it was just a conversation. Like Raphael Sadiq back in the Tony Tony Tone days where it was it was sort of kind of New Jack Swingy, but it sort of kind of had the sound that like everybody tried to jump on in the early 2000s. I don't know.
1: You know what? That's actually interesting because initially, if you were to ask what were the albums that really set off that movement, it would be or at least artists, it would be Deangelo with Brown Sugar mm-hmm. and Lauren Hill with Miss mm-hmm. And so when I saw Raphael, he did, um, and I'm glad he did this um, songs that he's produced. Mm. And a lot of those I knew, but a lot of those I didn't. And but then when I think about it, it's like, oh, but of course you did.
0: What what joints? Like, what joints did he do?
1: Like he did Bilal um, Soul Sister.
0: <laughs> really? And okay. I was like.
1: But of course, like you think about it, you go, oh, like I I just did not read the liner notes, obviously, for that. But then the other one was D'Angelo, how does it feel?
0: Wow. Okay.
1: But then when you think about it, you go, of course.
0: This makes sense. Well, that's the other other cool thing about (laughs) D'Angelo. The other cool thing about D'Angelo, there's a a Columbia, South Carolina connection. Do you know who wrote like 80% of the Voodoo album?
1: Of the Voodoo album?
0: The Voodoo album by D'Angelo. Yeah,
1: In South Carolina.
0: It's a South Carolina connection. Yeah. A Columbia. Uh, I'll uh, kill the the suspense. Angie Stone wrote like 80% of that. Yeah,
1: I I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's from Columbia, South Carolina. My
1: my friend and and sister. And I love her. And she makes sure that I'm well. So shout out to Angie Stone.
0: How? Okay. So you, you, you have a very famous last name when it comes to, you know, uh, soul music, R&B music. Like, how, what was your first introduction of, of meeting people that you were fans of that were like, oh, my gosh, you know, the the legacy continues. Like, you know, I, I met you through music. I think that's the first time I met you. Yeah. But what has been your involvement um, with music, if it's not being an artist yourself? what, what What's your involvement with the well, industry? Well, I mean, at
1: first I was, um, I feel like Eric Roberson, I was a music fan first. Mm-hmm. And what really what happened was when I was maybe 18, 19, and this was around the beginning of that neo-soul era, Mm -hmm. I was really coming into my dad's music. And in that was the recognition from the artist that I liked at the time Mm -hmm. saying, hey, we love Donny Hathaway's music. And so what I would do is I would just go to these shows as a fan So it was everyone from, actually, it started in the airport, I want to say, because I worked at at Chicago's O'Hare Airport, pushing wheelchairs, um, people, and also like taking kids from gate to gate. Um, But there would be a lot of artists that would come through. And so I would go in my whole uniform and everything. And my mom taught me this. And she said, when you meet, when someone comes around you, uh, introduce yourself. And so I started doing that and the response from people was just like, whoa. And then my response to them for their whoa was my own whoa. Like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, and so like the key person that that happened to where I was like, okay, I get it was Stevie Wonder. Oh, wow. So- I met Stevie Wonder at the airport <laughs> in Chicago. Um, but then I, but even uh, to fast forward, I would go to shows and I might have a little sign that says, hey, I'm Donnie Hathaway's daughter.
2: I love you. <laughs> right. And in
1: fact, that's, that's how I met Angie Stone. Really? Um, I worked at the Virgin Mega Store, which was right down the street from House of Blues, which had a lot of shows come through at the time. And so it was really almost a running joke with me and my best friend, Sonia. It would be like, well, what are you doing tonight? Well, nothing. What are you doing? Well, so-and-so has a show at the House of Blues. And Angie Stone happened to have a show. And we were there early. I got up to the front. I made my little sign. She sang a couple of songs. And then there was a portion where she went to go talk. And I I just nonchalantly, nonchalantly put the sign up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she looked, and like her eyes like just went pow. And she said, you who?
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and then she looked at me, and she said, he couldn't deny you if he tried.
0: Absolutely, you look just like him. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And she had her musical director, who ended up becoming a lifelong friend to me, um, come get me and my friend. And we literally have been friends ever since. And that's how I met music, mm-hmm. and how we later became friends. It's how I met Indyaree, and we later became friends, and I ended up working for her. So I literally would just, I would be so thankful and grateful that these artists were acknowledging my dad because it was a struggle to see that for me.
0: Why was was it a struggle? Why why was it a struggle?
1: Because um, really, out of what I call the the soul trilogy, which is Stevie, Marvin, and Donnie, Mm -hmm. my dad was at the bottom of the list. He was the most unsung of the 3 Like Marvin Gaye is still widely celebrated. There's probably not a person alive who doesn't know who Stevie Wonder is. But when you would say Donny Hathaway, it would be, you might have to give a song. Like, do you know this Christmas or a song for you? Or like you kind of have to, or the songs with Roberta Flack, like where's the love? And folks will get it in time. But it it just didn't, um, um, it took a minute to kind of spark those um, really fireworks for folks. But then those who knew, knew and, you know, love and adore my dad. So for folks who were new artists, like Alicia Keys at the time, when she came out with um, Songs in A Minor, she was another person I met. And she would close her shows out, not with Fallen, but with um, Someday We'll All Be Free. Wow. And I thought that was something. I was like, yo, you're not closing this. Like, the last time people aren't here, (laughs) it's fine.
0: Exactly right. Like, what's wrong with you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, like, she ended up, like, being on tour with Maxwell at the time. Maxwell was the headliner. And then she blew up so big that she took over Maxwell's spot Mm -hmm. and did that. And so I I was so grateful for her, you know, really for doing that. And a lot of those artists at the time, and even still.
0: Well, I'm wondering your thoughts on this, where every time there's like a new generation, we try to say that this person is a new version of this, you know, where Mm -hmm. um, I was having a conversation about like, you know, it's always like hip hop conversations with me. It was like, yo, who's the new Jay? Who's the new Nas? Who's the new this? Who's the new that? What person do you hear within, and I wouldn't even say the new school of of Mm R&B singers, but who reminds you most of your father? I have three. Okay.
1: My first one, which is like my obvious one, if there's ever a tribute to my dad, I want this gentleman to perform, mm-hmm. is Frank McComb, Hands Down. Okay. Like, Frank, his tone, his intention um, is like just spot on. Like, okay, nope, nope, that's Donnie Hathaway. Like, absolutely. Um, the other one is Gregory Porter. Oh, yeah. I love Gregory Porter. Oh, yeah. He knows I love him, too. Um, and the last one who is making me so proud right now, um, like he just screams, really the the vibe and essence of who and what my dad is is P. J. Morton.
0: Word. Okay. Yeah, that last album was crazy. Paul. Um, yeah. Or gumbo. The gumbo one. The gumbo one. Cause um.
1: Gumbo. Good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That joint was crazy. So
1: P.J. Morton had the nerve to do gumbo, get Grammy nominated for, record a live album during Grammy week, get a nomination for that album, and win that Grammy. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! Well, what's your oh, what, like? Get it?
0: What's your interest as far as like you know um, being involved behind the scenes? Like, would you be interested? Like, I was watching a documentary about uh, it's like the Black Godfather. And it was just basically the, the, I forgot the main guy's name, but he was basically, his hands was in everything. So he wasn't quite a manager. He wasn't quite a record producer. He wasn't quite this guy, but, but he was the connective tissue with so much stuff with black music and entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. you, it, it seems like you have a knack for it. Like, what would you want to do if you had, like, if, if, if you could do, like, Pie in the Sky, whatever you want to do within, within the industry, what would you want to do music-wise?
1: In a lot of ways, I've already done it, and that was to be a personal assistant to artists who I feel have the same um, soulfulness and intentions that my dad had.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I was blessed to do that for Music Soul Child for, I think, about seven years, and then for NDRE for another seven. Mm -hmm. Um, What I did recognize during that process is I do have an eye for talent. Mm-hmm. So whether it was a musician or another artist that was coming up, like okay, this person's about to be huge, I had to acknowledge after a certain point that that is uh, a gift. So I guess in another world, maybe somewhere something along the A and R lines, but I wouldn't want to work for a a record company. Um, there's some people who there are some artists that come along where I think, man, if I had my own label, I would put you out, you out, and you out. I mean, I'm
0: saying, well, uh, this is this is kind of my nice way of trying to like say, hey, you should do this because you do have an amazing mm-hmm. ear, like you know. Um, uh
1: uh-uh. I'm good. <laughs> okay. I was just gonna say. I'm I mean, good because just because my heart is in another going in another direction that your heart? involves the arts and um uh, a bunch of things and so since you just asked that question i will explain
0: oh oh let's
1: go Yes. so my heart is getting to the heart of mental health Mm. i wish there was some kind of uh game show
0: i wish this podcast is more fancy we ain't got all that but
1: (laughs) mental health yeah come on come on down um, but, uh, that is the slogan for my, uh, nonprofit, which is the Donnie Hathaway legacy project. Mm-hmm. And so this is literally the reason why I feel I was created. And it's to honor my dad this way, because I'm not a singer. I don't have a desire to sing. Please stop asking me.
2: <laughs> I do
1: not want your record deal, even though you have no idea who I am. I've been offered <laughs> deals like online, like I know you sing. let me sign you. Like, um, <laughs> First of all, no, no. Or like, yeah, I heard you can blow. Yeah, like I heard you bad. Like you did. Uh, well, sorry to disappoint you now. If you want to send in advance, my way. Uh,
0: pretty much, right? Shoot, we'll fi- hey. we'll figure it out. Get get hey. the get the money. We'll figure the album out later. Shoot, <laughs> you, that's all. That's all I got. That
1: is all I got. Um, but I still, as being this man's daughter, um. Again, I want to see him honored, and I've wanted to see him honored um, more than what's been happening. Now, luckily, over the past year, things have started to turn where this year the Grammys recognized my dad um, with the Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm -hmm. And that ceremony is, even though it took place, I want to say in March, it's going to air in October. Mm -hmm. So be on the lookout for that. It'll be on PBS. Awesome. Uh, but I, my heart it has been with helping people even when I was a kid. So whether it was my mom and helping her grade papers while meanwhile I was barely getting the C or D, should <laughs> <just laughs> have been doing my own homework, <laughs> or playing with kids and then cleaning up our mess that we will make outside. Like I would do that stuff even when I was five, six, seven. It's so always, it would just like to, um, my heart was with, literally helping people. So um, I want to be able to help, in in particular, our community, address something that just has such a thick stigma, which is mental health, mm-hmm. um, and how really uh, the heartbreaks and disappointments and traumas that happen in our lives is the catalyst. It's usually the catalyst to um, breakdowns.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: See Kanye West. Yeah. See, Donnie Hathaway. Yeah. Like my dad had a tragic ending, but so many of us suffer through things that have happened to us to us in life no matter what it is. So I want to I want to address mental health under that umbrella because there is if you're a human being, you have your physical health and your mental health. You can't have one without the other and they're both directly related. And really Um, through my own struggles with life and and physical issues and mental issues and heartbreak, I was able to see how, number one, it applies to me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it wasn't just something that happened to my dad. Um, It applied to me, to my mom, to my brother, to everyone who's been around me. And I'm lucky to have been able to find some solutions and really some holistic approaches to get myself out.
0: Yeah. I, I've told ta- so
1: like, Oh, okay. no, no, go, 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 go. Um, Oh, I, I remember I wanted to say, I want to talk about mental health, but not necessarily using the keywords that are out the hot words that are out. So like depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, um, um, PTSD, all those things are valid in terms of a diagnosis but really the diagnosis is that we're human
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that we all will go through things. And when that happens, I want to be able to provide an outlet and resources for folks to holistically be able to get themselves out of that, to heal themselves and to have the best quality of life possible. That's where I wanted to go with that.
0: Have you (laughs) noticed that, um, (laughs) have you noticed that the stigma specifically with, you know, our community, you know, as far as like, you know, black folks are concerned where I remember growing up, And, you know, be in the sixth grade and and you'd be talking to your classmates and it would be like these white kids and they'll talk about going to see their therapist like it's like soccer practice. Like, okay, Tuesdays, I go see Bill. And 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 there was no there was like no stigma to it. There was no there was no. Wow. What's wrong with you? Oh, you know what I mean? And and the older that I got is that, you know, there was that that pressure to try to handle this by yourself. And I was talking to my mom about this the other day where she was saying that sometimes the idea of the strong black woman can be weaponized against black women, right? Where it's just like, hey, you're you're projected to be so strong that you don't even want to say that when you're having a bad day or acknowledge that something's not Mm -hmm. there. You know, what was the breakthrough for you to, if if you did ever have a stigma, did you ever feel like it was something that you should be insecure about? And if you did, what changed it?
1: Um... No, it wasn't something that I felt the need to be insecure about, but I saw it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I, it 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 is frustrating to me to have to have something bad, quote unquote, happen. Yeah, in order for folks' um, compassion and empathy to be activated. Yeah. Why does something bad have to happen? And usually it's something tragic to the point where someone has to die. Yeah. Like, why does it have to get that far? Why can't we just recognize some things when it happens and then immediately work on it so that it doesn't become almost like this cancer to to put it to a physical uh, diagnosis? But the thing is, if I'm diagnosed with cancer, then here's your pink shirt, here's your pink ribbon, here's your walk mm-hmm. and all these slogans for, yeah, we're going to, we're going to tackle this and how dare this cancer do this or take away my loved one. Yeah. Like there's, there is a fight, <laughs> like how dare cancer do this? Why don't we have that with mental health?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You can't see the cancer until it takes someone's it takes a toll on someone physically, but otherwise you can't see it. So if my heart is broken or if I'm I'm mentally distraught, you can't see that either.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of times especially like, you know, the the communities that I've grown up with and like you know, a, a black Southern man too. Like there's a lot of Southern stuff where it's like, mm. this is built in the, 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 walk it off mentality. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It was just like, Hey, I'm okay. having a bad day. Well, and then it turns to other stuff, have a drink, you know, then all yeah. of a sudden, then all of a sudden there's a dependency to the alcohol that happens that I've seen happen yeah. to to family members as well. I think the, the secret to it is, you know, the same way of, of, you know, you got to get a haircut every couple of weeks. You know what I mean? You got to treat your mental health the same way. So, and, and, and sometimes yeah. we don't know exactly what it is, but like whatever we need to do to, to de-stress and to get ourselves in a position where we're uh, uh, emotionally like letting certain things go and also at the same time having yeah. our outlets, we need to do that. And and maybe that might be defined differently by different folks, but I I, I, mm-hmm. I love the idea that, that this is what you're dedicating your time and your energy towards. If, um, if any of my two listeners wanted to help out, <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs>
1: what, what,
0: what, what could we, what could we do? What can I, what could people like us do to help you with uh, the foundation?
1: Well, I think the first thing is to acknowledge that this exists within yourself and mm-hmm. with, with everyone. Um, you said a couple of things that I would love to piggyback, piggyback on just really briefly. One, um, The thing with our community is one of the stigmas is black people don't deal with mental health because we don't have it or we don't commit suicide when that's furthest from the truth. Mm -hmm. Our numbers are are at an all-time high, in particular with black men. Mm. And so to have this walk-it-off mentality, everything but facing and confronting whatever the issue is, which probably means the person who's telling you walk it off, hey, that conversation might need to be with you. And you might need to be held accountable for some things that you've done, said actions you may have had, whether it was intentional or not. You know, a lot of times that is part of the problem, like just facing whatever it is that's happened. So I want to encourage folks to um, face what happened. Other people and yourself, because it could be you, because no one's, no one's perfect to let's hold ourselves and those who've inflicted some kind of pain or, or distrust or whatever it is. Like just hold folks accountable.
0: I think the cool thing It's a very
1: simple act.
0: I think the cool thing now is that, you know, when, when you see celebrities and black celebrities talk about these things, um, Publicly, I think that really, really helps when we when we have people that we can look towards to say, "Hey, you know, um, you're not abnormal for feeling this way. These are really, really normal things and normal feelings. You know, it's like I heard something about like Sade has a new album coming out, and it's weird.
2: Ah, it's, it's whatever.
0: <laughs> but here's check out my thinking on this. Right, I read somewhere, yeah. I read somewhere, I read somewhere a long time ago where they said Sade claims that. She doesn't make music unless she's like supremely dis, uh, depressed, and so in my mm. mind, so in my mind, when I don't hear hear from her, I'm happy for her because she's apparently not depressed. But when I hear that she has an album coming, I selfishly want to hear new music. But I'm like, damn, you know, she must have right. she must have went through an album full of depression. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's, it's it's one of these weird things where you know, a lot of times, like when 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 these people talk about these things it's 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 it sucks that we have to wait for bad shit to happen for us to kind of realize it you know like
1: that's what I was saying earlier yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely
0: it's like all the all the flowers that Nipsey Hussle is getting now you know what i mean like i wish he mm-hmm. was getting this you know while he was alive you know and and i and, and i don't know i don't know what we do i don't know what we do collectively um but the individual approaches of you know Holding yourself accountable, like you said, and and being able to admit that you have a bad day, I think I think those things are really really cool. And and telling motherfuckers no, that's a big thing too.
1: Hey, like, oh my gosh. In, oh no, We're <laughs> telling me now. no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. No. So I have a no. I, I have an ongoing thing uh, when I've been talking to people on the podcast the past couple of episodes where um, I have people like give me stories of, of musicians or artists that they've met and interacted with. I would say, here's two questions that I have. What, uh, and I might know this already, but our listeners don't, but what artists that when you met them was the most pleasant of surprises and they embraced you? Mm. And what artists that you were a fan of that after you met them and interacted with them, you were like, ah, this person, this, you know, mm. falls under their don't meet your heroes list. You know, if you, in case you want to share, hmm.
1: I don't know if I have too many on the the where bad I've been side. Disappointed, okay, good. which is good because I I'm very intentional about who I listen to. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to anybody just to do it. Um, I'm very intentional. Um, the one that I would say I wasn't necessarily. Hmm. I wouldn't say I was necessarily surprised but when when you think about it years later, it's everything that people say who have met her mm-hmm. uh for me, that would be beyonce
0: oh i I need to hear this story. what happened
1: uh well, I met her twice and it was it was pretty brief both times mm-hmm. but the first time I met her, um she was with destiny's child, and there was an in store at George's music room mm-hmm. um and I did my thing where I said, um, are you familiar with Donny Hathaway's music? Well, I'm his youngest daughter. And of the three, like, she just stared at me and did the wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. Um, And I actually think I said something to the point where, like, I thought this was going to be their biggest album. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I was like, yeah, platinum, 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 platinum. I remember saying it five times. And... The next time I saw them, I was traveling. I can't remember why I was traveling, but I was traveling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they announced that day during that show that they were officially officially five times platinum. <laughs>
0: wow, okay. <laughs> I was
1: like, oh, wow. But the next time I saw her, um, it was, oddly enough, the most incredible story that I could ever tell, which was the day I met my sister, Kenya. Okay. And this was during the 2002 Grammys. Actually, I have a couple of stories. That whole trip, I can give you a few celebrities. Um, I'll just name some names. Busta Rhymes, Mm -hmm. uh, Stevie Wonder. Lord. uh, Pharrell. But in particular, uh, Beyonce. I saw her in the hall. And this was backstage at the House of Blues. And like any and everybody are at, are, um, at these concerts, at events. This was a show. It was oddly enough. The first day I also met music and he was doing a co-headline show with India Ari, Mm -hmm. who I had already met. And so this was the year that India was nominated for all of those Grammys. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And so walking down the hallway and there's Beyonce. And so like I do a double take and I stop and I put out my hand like, hi, I'm Donita Hathaway. I'm Donita Hathaway's daughter. And I said, I don't know if you remember. She said, oh no. Yes. Like, how are you? I said, girl, like I, like I've known
2: her, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I said,
1: girl, this is the first time of me being in LA and the first time meeting my sister. And like, it's kind of crazy. And she looked like, wow. And she said, well, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like I'm meant to be here. Um, and like, she was just very sweet. And so that person that a lot of folks say that she is, I I've been able to see that a few times. And so Beyonce would be one.
0: What's up? What's up with the Stevie story?
1: So Stevie I had already met. Okay. Like I had met him at the airport, but on this particular trip, so it's a long story with me and my sisters, but I didn't grow up knowing them. Mm-hmm. Um and that changed in really in 2002 when it came to Kenya. And so Stevie found out that me and Kenya had connected. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so he invited me and her to be his special guest for the Clive Davis Grammy party.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: And so I had to find a dress and all of that. And in (laughs) that process, um, so Stevie's late, like really late, like everyone's had their dinner and, they're almost ready for the, um, for the acts to perform. And so everybody wants to talk to him because, of course, he's Stevie.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we stop at one table, and I turn and look, and there's Tony Bennett. i like, damn. Wow,
0: okay. right, yeah.
1: Walk up a, little, a few more steps, and there's Quincy Jones, who <laughs> I write. So I introduce myself to him um, because he has, of course, a, a history with my dad. And then we're standing there waiting, and Stevie Wonder says to Buster Rhymes, like, hey, uh, so Ray Charles is still alive at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, I'm working on this song with Ray Charles. And I was wondering if you want to be a part of it. And, you know, Buster's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Right. <laughs> and so then once Stevie goes off a few steps, Buster Rhymes turns and looks at Pharrell and is like, yo, he said between. Between Stevie Wonder and, and and Donny Hathaway, I said Donny Hathaway. Said, Donny Hathaway.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they both said yes. I said, "Dude, that's my dad."
2: <laughs> both
1: Pharrell and Busta Rhymes like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: right?
1: And so now I was like, "So this is my sister Kenya." <laughs> um, and so um, Buster asked if I was going to the Grammys, and I said, "No, unfortunately, I'm supposed to leave tomorrow." And he was like, you know what? I would pay for you to stay. Yo, I would
0: pay for you to stay. You know what I'm saying? Let me stop. <laughs> oh, <you're>,
1: okay. <laughs> A little slower, but, but say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what happened was I ended up calling back to Chicago because everything's going so well. And they were like, yeah, so we're excited that all the stuff is happening for you, but we need you to come back. And that I was, came you,
0: back. You didn't quit your job. I thought that's. I
1: did not quit my I job. thought that's where the but, story the
0: story was going. <laughs>
1: the story was not not quite. But I'm grateful for that because what it showed me was that I was meant to do what uh, ended up becoming my um my field, which is being an assistant.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I met music on that trip. He gave me his number, um, and so I was able to really connect with him, like. Every time he came to Chicago, he would invite me to the shows. I would always ask, if he, actually, when I met him then, I said, if you ever need an assistant, let me know. Mm. And the same thing when I first met India, I said, if you ever need an assistant, let me know. The first time I met both of them, and I ended up working for both of them. And I kept harassing them every time they would come <laughs> to Chicago and have new assistants. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs>
2: um,
1: but we, we were able to become friends. And so they were able to you know, get to know me and vice versa. And so when that call came, um, it, it, it kind of confirmed what happened after that trip, which was, I was really meant for something greater. And that trip showed me that. And it got to a point where I was willing to leave Chicago to make that dream come true. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing that, but I got the call of basically saying, Hey, the job is yours if you want it. And that was from music. And that was in
0: 2004. Wow. Did you ever meet Prince?
1: Yes, but Uh-oh. okay. That now that's a story. Yes, okay.
0: that's what we need.
1: <laughs> my my prince story is this. So Prince is a fan of my dad's, and I know that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So okay, so I'm blessed. So all of this is just name dropping. So it's pardon. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. living.
0: I'm living vicariously through <laughs> you. <laughs> yes,
1: whoever's listening, please live vicariously through me, which is what <laughs> most of my friends tell me that they do. So I'm I'm working with. India at the time and this is I don't know. I don't even know what year. She won a Grammy with Herbie Hancock Mm. this year. So it might have been twenty fifteen? Okay. 14? Okay. Somewhere in there. And so I'm waiting at the hotel for her. You know, she comes back and tells me that she won, da, da da da. And so she said, I'm going to um this meeting there was a meeting that she went to i want to say this was the same day but eventually i drove her to this meeting and waited in the car and then they were like well no that was a different story that was a different story See, so you have so many so,
0: you have so many celebrity stories that like yes, merging we together going
1: to uh quincy jones quincy jones's house
0: <laughs> and
1: like i'm i'm going and i'm in overalls and sweatshirt. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, yeah, I would love to go. Um, but, yeah. But um, what happened was, what happens with Prince, what would happen with Prince and in his um, infamous Grammys parties is no one would really know it was happening until after the ceremony ended. Mm. And then basically text messages would fly and it would have the details on where to go. And so there was a year where, India got one of the messages and she was like, do you want to go? I was like, hell yeah, I want to go. <laughs> and so we went, it was, uh, he had a house in Beverly Hills and, um, I think Janelle Monae won a Grammy that year mm-hmm. or the song that she did with, I can't remember the name of the band, but like she was, she was there with the whole Wonderland family. Mm-hmm. And so we go in his house Um, and you go downstairs and there was a pool that was covered to make it a dance floor. Wow. There was a full open bar. Anyone could go get drinks. There's bathroom, Like it literally looked like a club. And there was a a small stage there and he really had music playing for most of the night. And then towards the end, he would just go up and have a jam session. So like he did brown skin.
2: Wow! And then
1: India got up and I think did a little something. Um, he did a, a few songs, but so the thing that I regret about that is because everyone was was having a good time. No one was really bothering him. We were just dancing, and you know, folks were drinking and having fun. And Janelle Monet is dancing her ass off on top of this pool.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I never introduced myself, and I was like right there. Wow. Like, right, there were times where I was standing right next to him. Wow. And I never introduced myself, and I thought I would have time to. Oh, I got another story. I got another story. Okay, I got another story. let's do it. <laughs> since, since we did since we did Prince, I got to do the other half, which is MJ.
0: Okay, yeah, 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 let's do this.
1: Okay, so um, when the Invincible album came out, which is very underrated, Mm-hmm. I love the Invincible album, like Beyond Butterflies, but um, Heaven Can Wait. Like that Invincible is a, is a bop for the kids. Yeah. Um, he had his first ever in store as a solo artist, which amazed me. Wow. Um, and it was in New York at the Virgin Megastore in New York, and so me and my and my buddy, my partner in crime, looked at each other like. Man, if we can only get to New York, we'd be at that in-store. And really, long story short, we ended up making it happen. We got the approval from the store. We got the approval from our bosses. And this is something that was broadcast through all of the Virgin Mega Megastores um, through the U.S. and through London, the U.K. Mm-hmm. So me and my friend, we fly to... New York. This is days after 9/11. Wow. Like literally days. And so we get there. There's already a line around the block. We're number 289 of 300, (laughs) 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 and that was the cutoff. Yeah. So they're really. We were literally like in the back of the line. And so we slowly make our way through the stores and up the escalator and down the escalator. And I turn to the side. For a second, and then everyone starts cheering. I was like, Whoa, 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 what happened? And the fan, I guess, kissed them oh. or like reached across the <laughs> table to kiss them. And I was like, Oh, god damn it. And so, and what I knew would happen is what happened. So, you would put your CD at one end of the table, mm-hmm. maybe you could wave high, and you go get that CD at the end because this girl messed it up. Wow, like, ah, damn. So my friend goes in front of me, like, boom, bang, boom so she's already on the other side. My CD gets to him, and it, they hold it. He holds it. I'm like, okay. And so I'm waiting, and he stood up and leaned over the table and said, nice pants.
2: <laughs> I had these, like,
1: patchwork <laughs> fitted corduroy blue jean pants. I, I should have kept those pants. I should have absolutely come on. should
0: have gave it to I, him.
1: <laughs> like hey here you here hey here, here you go. <laughs> um and so I said if I had the opportunity I would do my little my little um script. Mm-hmm. And so I said are you familiar with Donny Hathaway's music? He said Johnny Hathaway. I said no Donny Hathaway. He said yes. I said I'm his youngest daughter. And he's like wow
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: Then he says, Stevie Wonder wouldn't be Stevie Wonder if it wasn't for Donnie Hathaway. Wow. And so I just not I was just nodding my head. So that there's my wows. And then I said, me and my friends just flew here. This is our first time ever in New York. And we came here just to meet you. And he's like, Wow. And I'm like, Wow. He's like, wow. <laughs> 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 and so me. I didn't want to get, like, tackled by security.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, well, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, like, grab my CD and go. But he asked, I think he asked my name, and he personalized mine.
0: Wow.
1: And so, you know, and then I, I went off and left. Now, I didn't know that he was actually doing a show. I think the next night it was that show at Madison Square Garden, and Usher was there, mm. and Whitney Houston was there, and she was mad frail, mm. and it it was one of those tabloid. Hell, I got a Whitney Houston story <laughs> at that. Um, but um, when we got back to Chicago and me and my friend walked in the store, there was a round of applause. And We both look at each other. Wait, what happened? And they're, yeah. they're like, yo, you had the most time with him. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> now, I swear to God, this this broadcast there are parts of it that's on YouTube. I have not been able to find my portion of it. All right. Well, that's I've seen every every part. I've seen up to like two and a half hours, and I'm not like, where's that last half an hour?
0: All right. I might, we had to uh, get the investigators out there, the people that can Somebody dig deep out for there. it. Absolutely. What's your Whitney story? Now, now I'm intrigued.
1: Um, it's really brief. Um, there was she was honored with Black Girls Rock, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Was it Black Girls? No, it was BET Honors. Okay. And, um, I was in the back of the plane and she was in the front and she was sitting with India. Mm-hmm. And he, you kept, I kept seeing her, like, turn and talk to India. And I know India told me later, it's like, <laughs> she was like, why why are you keep talking to me? Like, You know, folks want to chill on the plane. Yeah. But not in, not in the, like, why are you talking to me? But, like, she was just cracking jokes and and just being Whitney. And Whitney is another person who's a huge fan of my dad's. And I ended up seeing her later at the hotel. And this is after Kim Burrell sang and honored her.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And she was standing there, standing there, standing there. And I was just there. And I just did not have the nerve. And, like, Queen Latifah walked by and, all these other people, and at the end, when I finally had the nerve, I tapped her and I said, "Excuse me," and she looked at me and said, "Yes." And security grabbed her, and like within two seconds, she was in the elevator.
0: Oh my and
1: god! And like, ah, 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 ah. Oh. Ah, and yeah, we know how that story goes. Wow. So the case in point, when you have your shot, shoot it.
0: Shoot it. Shoot the J. All right. So I got Shoot a, the J. I got a question. So out of the musicians that you've met that interacted with your pops, yeah, uh, have any of them given you any really cool stories um, about your dad? Um, the
1: coolest one because it's been the musicians that I I know. Um, it's hard to talk to them, yeah. Because I would want more, and for them, it's painful, because there is this, you know, they miss their their friend, and mm-hmm. a lot. And for a lot of them, there's re, re, there's there's ugh, there's this regret of I should have done fill in the blank.
2: Mm.
1: Um, but you know, I'm looking to get to know the man. I want to hear some stories, and so one story that I got in fact this will tie into uh, my social platforms so on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter I have at Donnie Hathaway LP and I think on Facebook is the Donnie Hathaway LP Mm -hmm. which stands for Legacy Project
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, sometimes I'll say good morning members and really that's a cold word for black people Indeed. and so the story of that comes from Glenn Watts, who said when my dad would go to a new city, he would say where the members at? Mm. And so like I also think of like members only jackets, but I just think that's kind of cool. Like when he said where the members at, he was like where my people at. That's dope. Um, And so it's like really brief, but when I address people like hey members or good morning members, that's where that comes from.
0: That is so dope, you know. I swear, you have a book in you. I, I think I, I do. I I all right. Well, you let me Ooh, know what I, I got to do. You got to let me know. <laughs> <what> we, you <laughs> let me know what we got to do because I'm writing a book now, and, I'm, and that's a process. But like, man, you let me know when you're ready. I think you have an amazing book in you. Um, I think I've taken up a lot a lot of your time. Is there anything else you want to leave for our listeners before I let you go about your day?
1: Well, I'm good if you're good. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much you gotta edit or just put up. No, nah,
0: I'm just putting this shit up. Um, <laughs> you listen to this podcast. I don't right. edit nothing. This is like re- it's like record and play. That's it. I'll put right. some I'll put some intro music and it's out.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, um the the one thing that you said earlier was, you know, what can you do to support other than you know making sure that you're good, like you're your mind, body, and, and soul.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would say follow me at Donnie Hathaway LP or Donita Camille. Those are my personal pages. Uh, the website for my nonprofit is DonnieHathaway.org, which is D O N N Y. Mm-hmm. Please give me that Y. H A T H A W A Y. We're going to be going live with an official announcement within the next month, maybe two. But at least by Halloween, I'm going to officially launch the Donnie Hathaway Legacy Project. Um, if there's anyone who's interested and in, wants to help or volunteer, or you need someone to talk to, come holler at me. Um, I am available. Um, and this holiday season, I'm going to be launching the This Christmas Mental Health Campaign. Awesome. Where we celebrate the song, which is almost at its 50th year, which will be next year. Wow. Um, Christmas, this Christmas has been around for 50 years. Wow. Come next year. But literally in a matter of months, it's the anniversary. Um, but I want to acknowledge holiday depression. Absolutely. Because if you've ever lost someone in particular, a parent or loved ones or someone suddenly, the holidays usually aren't the same. And there's a a multitude of reasons why folks can experience holiday depression. And I want to be able to have, um, and accountability um, rapport with folks where if you're having the best holiday season ever or just a joyous one, let's just make sure that everyone else is as well. So That's check important. in on your folks, especially if, if you know they've gone through a certain uh, a sudden hardship or there's been a death in the family, et cetera. Let's make sure that we check on our folks this holiday season.
0: All right. Well, I'll also put all your oh, information
1: the last thing mm-hmm. very last thing because i'm hoping this will launch my own podcast but mm-hmm. my my final mic drop is that Donnie hathaway is the greatest singer of all time period
0: bong mic drop and that should be the name of the podcast and if you need help with that i can help you out with that too um yeah. so i'm gonna do the 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 ending call hold on for a second cause i got something to show you um after we get done with this but thank you so much again mr Anita hathaway um We will have all her information with Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff when you guys are clicking on to this episode. And once again, I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. You can follow me at Preach Jacobs on all the social media. Um, We're sponsored by Clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. And until then, this is the Negro League Podcast. You're.